Showgirl Sunday Dinner, the weekly sparkly burlesque podcast about three black showgirls living, loving, and training in San Diego from an unapologetically black femme perspective. I am Butter Love, California's chocolate butter babe. I am Sepia Jewel, the seductress of slang. And I am Twerlisha Divine, the black gold goddess. Thank you all so much for accepting our invitation to dine and dish with us. Now, grab a plate and have a seat at the table because you're about to get served. I will only let you touch me if your hands are full of intention, that every brush of your palms feels like you are writing a novel on my skin. As for tea. Welcome to episode 13 of Showgirl Sunday Dinner. I feel like 13 is like a milestone. Mm, I know. It's 13 though. Yeah. We will start the way we always do with our sparkle and shine. My sparkle and shine is my daughter Nicole. My daughter will call me as a couple of times a day. She lives on the East Coast, but she will call me a couple of times a day. My daughter checks on me every single day, and I need to appreciate that. So my daughter is my sparkle and shine. I like that. Yes. Hey, Nicole. Hey. My sparkle and shine goes out to 21st Century Burlesque Top 50 of 2017. Yes. Uh, And the reason why I picked the list this year was because there were so many performers of color on the list. Yes. And it just really made me feel great to see that there was so much representation. This list is a huge deal. It is something that is voted on by other burlesque performers. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of inclusion, different body types, different types of burlesque performer. Not everybody's like super glitzy and glam. It wasn't what I was expecting it to be. It was pleasantly surprising for me to see the diversity of performers on the list diversity in gender diversity in sexuality diversity in body type diversity in race it was just it was really awesome so it made me happy again to see all of the black women represented as well especially like when you look at the top 15 you know top 10 just so Many performers that I look up to were included, so it warmed my heart. So, yay! My sparkle and shine is my beloved little sister, Carla. <laughs> She's turning 21, so happy birthday, Carla. Oh, happy birthday! I believe by the time this will be aired and released, it'll be her birthday. So she's my sparkle and shine. She's uh she's a great little sister. We really love each other. We have a great relationship. That's the number one thing my mom has always stressed to us for us to like really be there for each other. We're eleven years difference, but we, you know, 
I, I like having a little sister, you know, because she's into girly shit like me. So it's fun hmm. doing that, you know, mm-hmm. doing makeup. Like, I'm happy she's a girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's more fun. Um, so she's my spark on shine. Yay! My sepia inspiration. You know, those people, and I'm one of those that will start talking and then I will like give you every detail of mm-hmm. everything because that's just all in my, in my head. And then sometimes I'll be thinking, okay, I'm rambling, I'm rambling, I'm rambling, but I have all this stuff in my head. Well, I talked to someone, I was talking to Boopzilla. <laughs> and she was like, oh, something, I'm a rambler. I'm like, well, that's okay, because I'm a rambler, too. She was saying that, you know, there's just so much in your head that you want to get out because you are a creative person. All You want to paint a picture for someone to see. You're yeah. always creating art. So you have all this in your head. So forgive yourself if you're a rambler. Hopefully your friends can forgive you for being a rambler. <laughs> Slay forgiving ramblers. <laughs> okay. Slay forgiving ramblers. Because it can be annoying. I don't know if rambler is a good word. Maybe long-winded. Because rambler, I feel like it's just like random. But it's like yeah. you're convert. Because, you know, you say you don't talk to people unless they talk to you. You know what I mean? You keep yeah. to yourself. Yeah. You're not just like... Yeah, but when <laughs> I do, you know, when I do talk about something, I will get... Cause, because I remember every detail oh. of everything. It could be something that happened like five years ago. I will remember what I had on oh. and everything. And for me, giving you the story, it's I have terrible. to tell you all the details yeah. i have to You're you know because i'm still i'm still visualizing it yeah because boobzilla and i we had a long conversation about about rambling that yeah we we visualize all this stuff but we know sometimes we'll be long-winded some people will be thinking okay well you just shut up or you could have said it like that if you're someone and your friend just happens to be a rambler forgive them they don't mean to just talk too much it's just how they process it I also think sometimes, too, like, our thoughts when we're having conversations are always organized perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes while you're talking about something, you're also talking through it. Yes. So different things will come up as you're processing and as you're speaking. So sometimes it doesn't always mm-hmm. come out, you know, in this perfectly ordered way because you want to be clear as possible Mm -hmm. you don't want to miss any yeah yeah mixed signals things Mm -hmm. like that so i think sometimes you know and then also for me when i am nervous Mm. i tend to ramble as well if you know that can happen yeah so yeah have patience with the ramblers yeah yeah we're just trying to tell you a story Now we will move in to our burly biz of the week. And this week we have decided to highlight rubberlesque. Uh, and rubberlesque are intimidating intimates, which I think is such a cute tagline. Yes. Um, the concept for rubberlesque was conceived in Berkeley, California in 2013. Creator and designer Francesca Mayer was introduced to working with shaped rubber by Kitty Munsell, 
He taught the method of contouring bicycle tires to fit the human form. These instructional sessions sparked years of experimentation with the shape and texture of recycled rubber, as well as the integration of rubber and miscellaneous scavenged materials. Through this alternative and somewhat unusual creative vision, Rubberlesque returns life to less desirable objects and materials, putting forth a fashion line that is not only environmentally conscious, but empowering to those who wear it. So it's like upcycling for lingerie in a sense, right? Isn't that cool? So I was brought, this company was brought to my attention via Eva Mae Garnett and Ginger and Whiskey. They had done a photo shoot for them. After seeing those images, the images were so powerful Mm -hmm. of them and, and these beautiful structured kind of body cage looking garments Mm -hmm. um and they just look so badass but still like soft at the same time so super interested and started reading up on the company they utilize bicycle inner tubes as a material and in that way they're taking waste and they're making fashion out of Mm -hmm. it which is awesome they are committed to positive change in the way they impact the environment and it allows for recycling of materials that are not popularly repurposed. You're just kind of converting needless dumping into something beautiful. If you look at their website uh, and you look at their Instagram, what's also beautiful is that you see all different types of bodies, everything on the spectrum, and the images are beautiful, but at the same time, super raw and powerful. Just like the clothing. Some of the things that they create, you look at this stuff and it's like, how did they create that out of a bicycle inner tube? They make some beautiful stuff. So if you are interested in uh, taking a look at their work and purchasing uh, some rubberless lingerie for yourself, I'm definitely interested in, in saving my coins so I can get myself a piece uh, or five. Mm-hmm. I want them all. You can go to www.rubberlesque.com and that's R-U-B-B-E-R-L-E-S-Q-U-E.com. And that is our Burly Biz of the Week. Yes. Yes, yes. Upcycling rocks. (laughs) So when you have your Rubberlesque outfit on or whatever burlesque outfit on and you're getting ready to go out to perform and something comes apart you're going to be looking for your needle then you're going to get your thread and you're going to be trying to thread the needle Mm, no don't do that (laughs) lily holiday gave us this tip today all you need to do is make up pre-threaded needles they do sell pre-threaded needles but those needles are kind of thin yeah and they'll they'll break easy so you just get the needle that you like to use i personally like curved needles whatever needle it is thread it put some scotch tape on it to hold the thread and she puts it in a business card so you know, you don't lose it. That that'll save you time from being nervous. And if it's dark backstage, yeah. then you can't see to thread the needle. And 
This is like an add-on to your sewing kit, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like building yeah. the sewing kit, y'all. Yeah. 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 All that emergency stuff that yeah. you need to think about. Yes. And I just need to make one because mm-hmm. thankfully I haven't had any, you know, accidents or anything. I mean, maybe, but I'm like, I ain't tripping over it. But it's still great to have these things in your toolbox or have it handy. Yeah, yes. and it's and it's an excellent idea. Thank you, Lily. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Lily Holiday, thank you. now we are going to move into our glitter box and before we read the letter that we have for you today I want to take a moment to give a shout out to some folks who have liked or made comments on our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes hey we got reviews we got reviews we got reviews (laughs) (laughs) we'll start with SoundCloud GJFG uh, gave us a like on episode 9, Showgirling While Black. B. Lee started following us. User 229532200 started following us. An honest conversation about hip-hop started following us. And they also shared two of our episodes, right? Wow. So they liked Habitual Line Steppers and shared it. And they also liked Showgirl Self-Care and shared it. Ooh. So this is an honest conversation about hip-hop. It's another mm. podcast. Um, so thank you guys for the thank love. You. And for like sharing our podcast with your listeners that's like huge like we really appreciate that mm-hmm. um so yeah definitely following you and gonna uh take some time out next week to kind of stalk you guys and listen to you nomina no life started following us real west radio underground hip-hop started following us and then they also liked Showgirl Selfs Care and Habitual Line Steppers. B. Lee liked Habitual Line Steppers. And Izzy Naeem gave us a like on episode three, Showgirl Sanity. So those are our, sh- our SoundCloud shout outs. Thank, thank you. you so very much. And now we'll move over to our Showgirl Sunday Dinner iTunes ratings. So we have six five star ratings guys okay i can't see who did all the reviews but i who gave us five stars but i can see all the folks that gave us actual typed out reviews so theodora archer gave us a five star review and she said i am so inspired by these amazing women they are strong funny creative and the snark is wonderfully strong. If you mm-hmm. haven't downloaded this podcast, do it now. She said, we're such an awesome podcast. So thank, thank you, Dora. Brandy C gave us a five-star review and she said she loves it. <laughs> she said, I'm only a couple episodes in, but such great content. Thank you for your work. Awesome humans. And wow. she gave us two hearts. Yay! Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. And again, if you do leave us a five-star review, write a little comment so we can give you a shout-out. And now we will go into our glitter box. And of course, we're always thankful to have a email from the lovely Pearl DeMorda. And this email is about uh, episode 11, which is our habitual line steppers episodes. Pearl says, hi, can I put in a request that the pets continue to make an appearance on the show? (laughs) (laughs) Zoe Rose. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious to hear them in the background meowing. Yes, bitch. <laughs> Inboxing your genitals. Seriously. Like you guys said, just stop. Send me a picture of your damn well taken care of dog. You still won't get a response, but at least it will make me smile. It was perfect timing for your story about offhand remarks. You were referring to a posted picture of the woman wearing body paint. Raven Von Scrumptious, Kiki Chaos, and I were just talking about people being uncomfortable with something and giving quote-unquote compliments that really aren't. I just had a friend out of nowhere asking if my boyfriend likes taking pictures like that of me. She was referring to the pictures on IG that he took while on our vacation. My first reaction was to laugh. No, he hates it when I wear lingerie and pose. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> so I asked him and his response was, are you kidding me? I fucking love it. What guy wouldn't? Well, apparently my friend's husband. Whoa. What was she? What was your girl? What is... Well, yeah. no, the pictures were on Instagram. They were gorgeous. Yeah, they, they were. in were. Hicksville at that awesome little resort with all the different mm-hmm. themed rooms. And they took all these awesome boudoir yeah. shots and they were great. So I guess he saw them on IG, but don't be a hater. Enjoy exactly. the picture and move on. Shit. Mm-hmm. She says, I don't know. She was like, it's so brave. No, it's fucking hot and something mm-hmm. you can't grasp. There we go with that bravery thing yes. again, right? Mm-hmm. Then she went on to ask if he minds that I post the pictures on IG. I am under the impression that IG and I know Facebook will take down pics that are showing the bits and pieces society has deemed unacceptable. So my spread eagle pictures are just for my boyfriend. Yes, girl. Yes. Yes. Give him something to think about. My adorable nipples are tastefully covered and you can't see into my amazing ass. So what I'm allowed to post is already edited. First of all, I do not ask permission from anyone to do what I do. If I am the only one in the picture and it's hot, I'm fucking posting it. I don't need anyone to tell me what is okay and not okay to share of myself. If it offends you, move the fuck on. If you can't handle it, move the fuck on. If you wish you could do it but can't, move the fuck on. Yes. I'm not judging what I might not agree with in your life, so don't ask hedging little questions that are passing judgment. I'm not stupid and I can read between the lines. My IG is my burlesque account. Burlesque includes nudity. If that makes you uncomfortable, don't follow a burlesque page. Consent is necessary. That's it. I agree. Period. Nothing else on that should have to be said. I'm so excited about all of the shows coming up. I even get to kitten in a few. Thank you again for an entertaining and awesome podcast. Love, Pearl DeMorta. Yay! Yay! Thank you so much for listening. You know, um, we love you, girl. So, another case of people not minding their own business. I mean, again, like, people pay to come to burlesque shows and they hate. Mm-hmm. They're sitting there looking at your IG that clearly, Pearl DeMorta's page clearly is her burlesque entertainer piece right so if you have a problem with that then you really could just like not follow that burlesque page it's super simple Mm -hmm. you know and if you are going to follow it what you can do is keep your fucking mouth shut and enjoy the images if she didn't like the picture she wouldn't post it if her boyfriend had a problem with the picture he wouldn't be her boyfriend exactly everyone in that situation is grown and doing what they want to do Now we're going to move on to FDZ-ass facts. Who we got this week, This week, we don't have a person, but 
we're going to talk about shake dancers versus burlesque dancers. Oh, cool. Yeah. Some people used to take offense when the term shake dancer is associated with African-American dancers in the 1920s and 50s burlesque type entertainment. And I can see why. As many view the term as a separate title created and only used for sepia queens, as the ladies were frequently called. While there is little doubt discrimination was ramp- a rampant part of show business as in everyday life, I suspect the term shake dancer had a more... Um, like a negative connotation? Negative kind of beginning, So yes. it was like, well, what about it was negative? Because they were trying to say mm-hmm. that the shake dancers weren't as good as the burlesque dancers or weren't as yeah. qualified? Or, or the shake dancers were better. So initially, the difference between the shake dancer and a stripper was that the shake dancer performed in skimpy, she had a skimpy costume, um, which featured muscle control, shaking, you know, considered like uh, twerking, but she didn't strip. She came onto the stage with the costume on and she left with the costume on. So like you said, like a go-go dancer. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then the stripper, they came on the stage with an elaborate costume and the entire purpose of the act was to tease the audience, you know, through seductive removal of the costume. The shake dancer didn't take off her clothes Mm -hmm. and she just did all these moves, but the stripper, you know, took off the clothes. Some people wanted to be known as a shake dancer, some wouldn't. As a matter of fact, in the obituary of Rosemary Black, known as Rosemary the Shake Dancer, there's a distinction made between her career as a shake dancer where she never took it all off but could twirl the tassels on her bikini and then in her later career as a stripper or burlesque dancers. There's some like Rose Hardaway. There's some pictures of her that you'll see. She was a shake dancer. Okay. You wouldn't see her with pasties or anything on and there was a famous picture of her and someone came back and she didn't have her top on and she's covering up. So shake dancers and burlesque performers there there was there was a difference it didn't mean that a shake dancer didn't end up being a burlesque performer but there was a difference and you know people like to put stigmas and try and make separation yeah but it was all cabaret-esque entertainment yeah it's just that one didn't take off yeah the shake dancers didn't take off Mm -hmm. but weren't the shake dancer outfits really tiny the shake dancers' outfits were really tiny with fringe yeah. and, you know, so they didn't leave too much to the imagination, but they never took anything off. And it was just, you know, the way, the sensual ways that they moved and gyrated. Sometimes they got a worse reputation than the less performance. Yeah, just because of... The way that they were gyrating. I was just thinking about that, mm-hmm. like, imp- like basically they were gyrating. That's yeah. what happened today. Yeah. Like, they're probably some Caribbean women, yeah, you know, doing their thing mm-hmm. from the motherland. Exactly, and exactly. Makes me wonder now, like, so was it the fellow black burlesque performers that looked down on them, or was it just the white, you know, burlesque performers who looked down on the shakers who were brown folks? Well, some of what I read was that some of the white, there were a few white performers that did, came to be known as some shake dancers. Okay. But, you know, conservative black people, 
Okay. That. The respectability yes, politics. Yes, yes. There you go. So their way of moving their body, the gyration mm-hmm. was seen as what? Vulgar uh, Just as vulgar. Yeah. Okay. While the black performers who were burlesque, burlesque performers... performers it's like kind of like a little elitist yeah. attitude. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny because it's like the same thing where like mm-hmm. people who will say, well, I'm a burlesque performer. I'm not a stripper. Huh. It's like same really same thing. You're taking your clothes off. Six yeah. in one, half a dozen in mm-hmm. the other. It's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. There, I think there are certain skills that it's you need. It's art of It is. Exactly. All and when you work in strip clubs, a lot of it. You have to interact more mm-hmm. with customers <laughs> when you en- when you're in a yes. and that's why they make you know a lot of money yes, because yes. you are having a one-on-one intimate relationship with your customers in the club and there's a lot of talking and mm-hmm. there's and there's a lot of business involved in that. Yes. You know, for burlesque performers, there are some extra elements that you do as a burlesque performer that you may not necessarily need to do as a stripper, but again, still you end up undressed so why are we having this argument you know mm-hmm. about and some be busting it wide open right exactly and a strip club just free zone right you know. and again yeah. there are some burlesque performers that cross over mm-hmm. and are all, they also mm-hmm. work in they strip clubs right <laughs> exactly. so it's kind of like I'm trying to figure out where this elitist, silly-ass argument came from, but, I mean, I think we have other things to do as showgirls in this world as far as social justice is concerned to be mm-hmm. worried about, you know, whether or not you're a stripper or a burlesque performer mm-hmm. or one being yes. seen as, you know, being better than the other. Exactly. Like, it just, it's ridiculous. But, mm-hmm. um, but burlesque performers back then, where they could have said, like, their original strippers, quote-unquote. Yeah, they were they're original strippers. Because they're pole dancers, like, yeah, today. Yeah, it, it just evolved Ball. where the, the club owners wanted them to interact more with the audience members. That's when it came to be the stripping industry is now. Like, black dancers yes, and things of that yeah. nature. Where it's a more so they wanted them experience. to, you know, communicate, talk. Get them to buy more drinks. Yeah. Mm. Whatever. Spend more money. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So today's PhD in Slayology is Glamazon Taomi. She's hailing from Chicago, Illinois, and she is a passionate, ambitious, and innovative model turned sex expert. Mm-hmm. Possessing a love for all things sensual and recognizing the lack of modern day age in presenting sex education. Tayomi decided to create her own sex education blog in 2011. And over the course of five years, she has launched a YouTube channel that reaches lovers worldwide, bringing in over a million views. She has appeared on countless radios, talk shows, and written for popular publications like Ebony, Playboy, and more. Uh, she's an active member of the National Coalition for Sexual Health, and she is working on her certification as a sexuality coach. So her Instagram is the Glamazon Tayomi, and that is spelled G-L-A-M-A-Z-O-N, and Tayomi is T-Y-O-M-I. And her website is glamerotica101.com, and all this information will be in the show notes. Glamazon Tayomi, she is really a Glamazon. Yeah. She has a big ass frill. She always has big hair, beautiful chocolate skin. 
and she is an unapologetic, sexually active, healthy woman. She's always talking about and educating about sex. I love how candid but yet educational she is mm -hmm. and down to earth because I definitely have messaged her myself with personal questions and she has definitely, you know, responded. Check her out. She is very beneficial for the black community. She really do have over a million views on her YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. If you look her up, you'll see why. Yeah. Because her and a, another young man demonstrates yeah. better sex positions. Yeah. And she has a gorgeous body. She's a healthy, she curvy woman. Like gorgeous. Are you looking at her right now? I looked yeah. at I saw oh. her on Instagram. I, yeah. I was introduced to her via her YouTube series. The first time I saw her, because I was struggling a lot with my body image when I first came across her page, I saw how gorgeous and luscious her body was. Yes. The way the videos are shot and the positions and the this the sensuality in it is so is she just looks so comfortable and so happy and yes. she had so much ownership over yes. her body and her sensuality and her sexual experience and mm -hmm. again like you said unapologetic it was just I it just blew my mind like yeah. I wanted to feel that way yeah about my own self so me too she was a huge inspiration for me and watching her videos really kind of helped me become more comfortable with myself yes. as a sexual being so yep. I appreciate her a lot for that. Thank you, Tayomi. Yeah, for today's show topic, mm -hmm. I think. Oh she's yeah. Perfect yeah, absolutely. For, yeah. So she has black women. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Yay. Yay. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. Oh, you thought. <sighs> because motherfuckers are disrespectful to Oprah. Not Oprah. So Oprah gave a phenomenal speech at the Golden Globes. And as a result, a whole bunch of people in the media, I don't even know how this whole thing started. Like, I don't even think Oprah ever said anything about running for president. I don't right. know what all this madness I was. was. Confused too. But a whole bunch of people started, you know, saying that, you know, it's a possibility that she could run for president in 2020. And, you know, there were some mixed reviews about even the idea that this black woman might run for president and not just any black woman, fucking Oprah, okay? Like, one of the most successful women on the planet, exactly. okay? Is Oprah perfect? No. Is anyone? No. I understood a lot of the, you know, folks who were coming out from this whole perspective, well, there's a lot that goes into being the president of the United States that Oprah doesn't know, and it, she doesn't have any political experience and all of these things. There have been plenty of people that have entered the arena of politics that have had no political experience. There have been plenty of people who have entered the role of politics coming from uh, celebrity status. When you think about the Republicans, one of their most beloved presidents, Ronald Reagan, was a exactly. freaking, what, a country westerns Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Okay, so, and they're like, well, maybe she should try being a mayor first. That's a hard job. And all of these, like, negative comments. And what really bothered me about it was... I don't know whether or not I think Oprah would make the best president, but I'm going to tell you that I think that she would do a lot better than a lot of the people that we see 
as politicians now, whether or not we like it, the political system that we exist in uh, exists in the way that it does because it's based off of capitalism, which sucks. Business people run this country, whether you like it or not. And Oprah is an extremely successful business person. And she didn't have a daddy to give her a million dollars to start her businesses, nor did she like have to claim bankruptcy six times and steal from people to be a quote unquote successful businesswoman. Oprah started like in the gutter and built herself up from, you know, the bottom. Do I think that Oprah has some special black tendencies? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, a lot of black folks do, especially of her generation. When you think about other politicians in Washington right now, I'm not saying that there aren't any women of color that could be great at the job. But that doesn't mean that Oprah can't be great at the job, too. I don't think that Oprah would ever walk up into the White House without doing her job and start giving out Volkswagens. You get a car and you get like, that's not what she's going to do. She would make sure that she was prepared as possible. Nobody's prepared to be the president. Look how these people walk in and then look how they walk out. They look like they've aged 20 years and four or, or eight years, you know, so I just feel like there was a lot of misogyny in that and there was a lot of racism in it people snap judgments just like well she can't be the president because it's like she didn't even say she was gonna run the amount of vitriol i saw against it was just like and so here i am like defending this person like i'm not even thinking about her really being the president but because people had such a negative reaction to it it triggered me and even like from other black people like the internalized racism is real Mm. it's so scary to me like y'all are just Mm. a mess and the face of having donald trump as president we're really going to argue about whether or not oprah could be a president like please be quiet at this point you know puma could be president (laughs) like my cat would be a better president so i mean puma 2020 (laughs) puma's gonna let everyone come over from wherever they live Mm. Right. I mean, Puma's also going to make sure that everyone has an open bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone would get to eat and everyone would get health care. Puma would be, he would be awesome. But, you know, it just, it blows my mind that this is even a conversation. I don't know. What did you guys see? Because people always have something to say about something. And it's so irritating to me. Um... That, like you said, first of all, you don't even know she want to run. But then you're going to say, oh, well, no, she can't run because she doesn't have any um, political background. When that came out your mouth, you should have ate all those words yeah. because of who the person <laughs> that's in the White House yeah. is. I try not to say the name. Yeah. She can't do a worse job. No. Hmm. And at the end of the day, the president of the United States is the president of the United States. Like, people who were like, well, I heard a lot of folks saying, what did Barack Obama do for black people? (sighs) One black president is not going to fix Mm -hmm. America for anybody. It's going to take a lot of change at every different level from grassroots right on up in order to change the way this country functions. In my opinion, the whole system has to be thrown in the trash and we just need to start over. Under the current system that we have now, any kind of real galvanizing change would be slow and would take a series of progressive 
presidents. But no matter who the president is, you still have these other checks and balances. You have the Congress, you have the House, you have all of the state and local governments, you have the federal courts, you have the Supreme Court. There are all of these other things in place that affect how any president governs. You know, so the executive seat is not the end all be all of how things get done around here. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it just kind of blew my mind. Again, it triggered me as a black woman to see so many people react negatively to the possibility of this black woman being president. That's why when people were like, oh, I hope Michelle runs. I was like, nope, leave Mm -hmm. Michelle Obama alone. We didn't deserve her as first lady. We damn sure don't deserve her as president. God only knows what might happen to her if she were to ever end up back in the White House in any capacity. Like, let the Obamas chill, okay? Mm-hmm. She's out on vacation with her arms out and her natural hair out. She's not worried about us. Being exactly. a carefree black Okay, woman. and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Do your thing, Michelle. These people don't deserve you, clearly. And they don't, they, you know what? They don't deserve Oprah either. No, they don't. And again, like I said, is Oprah perfect? No. Do I think that she would be the bestest person in the world to be the president? No, especially under the current political system that we have, no matter how benevolent someone is and no matter how much they may want to change things, our current Congress and and the folks that are being voted in, it's going to take a lot in order to make any of the effective changes and make them stick that, you know, will better society. I don't know. The way everything is gerrymandered now, it frightens me that animated rabbit Cheeto could get another four years. Oh. Here we are barely into the... Fr- and I'm just like, could it, mm-hmm. what else can he do? Yeah, you can't say what else can he do because he proves that he can do more every mm-hmm. day. I mean, say, the shithole country's exactly. remarks mm-hmm. and all of these things, mm-hmm. like really we're talking and about the Oprah. chain migration... Why don't you think that that would be offensive? He's gross. You knew what you were saying. He always knows what he's saying. Mm -hmm. He's a racist. Mm -hmm. He's a bigot. He's a disgusting human being. He's unrefined, unintelligent, and just unpresidential. Mm -hmm. But the clapbacks from Norway. I know, right? They are the best. Moving on to Dine and Dish. Showgirl sensuality. Mm. How we get in the mood to go out on the stage and entertain you and have an intimate experience with you as our audience. What are some things that you guys do to get in the mood for shows? Or what are some things that you feel like you would like to do to kind of change your pre-show routines Uh, Or even like character development things that you want to implement to increase the sensuality in your acts. I guess we all dance to music privately, right? Mm -hmm. But just really like dance nasty, Mm -hmm. raunchy, just no fucks given, you know? Touching myself. Yeah. Whether it's masturbation or just... Lately, I've been massaging my breasts with coconut oil on my chest, and that feels good. Mm-hmm. And not just like in a lotion man, like, let me hear if I do like, like, just really taking my time massaging mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. loving it a little bit more. And so that really helps, too. And my skin is softer. So that's also a benefit. Yeah, soft skin is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Outside of, you know, having sex... <laughs> That's what has helped me build my sexuality as a performer. Because 
people think doing burlesque is about pleasing the other person. I had a few guys say some shit like, oh, when can you dance for me? I'm like, one-on-one -on -one dancing is not what I want to do for no. you or anybody for yeah. that matter, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. So it's more about, it's a pleasure for me, but also, you know, entertaining the crowd too sensuality for me i have to have sex with myself first yeah and love and feel myself first and then it'll exude on the outside so doing that in my private time i believe it has helped me as a showgirl build my sensuality cool yeah today before i was getting in the shower i had the water running <laughs> i think i had music in my head going I'm just standing there and I'm doing, <laughs> looking in the mirror and I'm doing some moves and I don't even know where they came from. Yeah. But my bathroom is a peaceful area for me. Mm. And for me to feel sensual, I have to feel at peace and mm. safe. Yeah, definitely. And I'm like, okay, I hope I remember these moves and stuff. I'm yeah. like, where did this come from? <laughs> um, the other thing I do... My, my mind has to be stimulated. So it could be with me thinking about what my costume is going to be. I'll think about how the fabric feels, how the fabric is going to flow, how mm. it's going to move across my body when mm -hmm. I'm dancing. And then I'll feel just all the sensuality of that. That helps me come up with my routines. You're such a costumer. Like, <laughs> that the fabric and the way it moves and how it yeah. feels on your skin. Yes, like, I love the way that it, that the fabric moves. I, I think about that. When yeah. I'm buying trim, I think about, okay, is this, how is this going to... That's important. It gonna, is. Going to move. But that's why your costumes are so beautiful. Oh, because of all that you. thought that goes into it. That's, mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I'm so new I was sitting there and I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the shows that I've had because of the way like everything happens so fast. I haven't really thought about <laughs> That's okay. how to like get myself in the mood for a show. I'm usually like running in the house from school, trying to beat my face and do something with my hair while I'm shaving my legs, like to get out the door to get to the, you know, it's like. One time I was in my car and I was driving. I think it was the second time I did booby trap. I had just finished like my costume the night before and I'm like racing to get there. And the song, the witch's song from Wizard of Oz, like all of like the most random shit pops into my head sometimes, I swear. Thinking about this podcast and thinking about the shows I've done. That was like one of the things that stuck out for me was that memory and I just started laughing and I was like, girl, you need to get in the mood. Like, this is not yes. how this is supposed to feel. Like, yeah, you should no. not be singing the witch song from fucking Wizard of Oz. This is not a yeah. good look, Singing right? on the bike. Right. While you're trying to go somewhere and like turn yourself on so you can turn other people on. Like, this, you need better prep for this. So I have been spending more time in the tub. Baths have always been a way of not just sensuality, but spirituality for mm -hmm. me. And I think those two things are very much tied together for me. So I've been spending a lot of time in the tub, candles, crystals, bath bombs, herbs, like just sitting there like visualizing 
how I want to feel when I'm on stage. I try not to think about the choreography. I don't want to do that anymore. I know that choreography is important, but I also think that mood is just as important. Mm -hmm. And I need to allow myself to visualize how something feels, not just how something looks. So I've been kind of taking a lot of time to just sit in the tub and visualize how I want to feel while I'm doing an act. If I just allow myself to indulge in my senses as far as the act is concerned. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. When you did the Gossip Girl and you did your second number Mm -hmm. with Sid, that song, Mm -hmm. was that freestyle or was that? Most of that was freestyle. What was going through your head when you were doing that and was doing those moves? Because that was hella central. Yeah. It was hella strong. It was you talking about what you want to do. I was, I'm visualizing that whole act that you did that night. Yeah. That was an experiment. I forced myself not to choreograph that number fully. I took a page from sepia. I had an outline of how I wanted to remove things and I knew when in the music I wanted to do that. I had an outline of themes that I wanted to kind of create within the music and interactions that I would like to have with the audience. What do you mean by themes? There were certain variations on a theme of movement that I knew I wanted to implement. (laughs) That's like really a dancer's mind. Yeah, yeah, that's what that was. I mean, I'm taking notes right now. There are different types of, yeah, variations of themes on different types of movement that I, like I knew that there were certain types of things that I wanted to do on the floor. But I didn't want to do them straight in the way that I thought of it in my mind. I wanted to vary it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So don't do it the normal way you would do it. Drag it out. Do something else. Make it slower. Make it more flowy. Grind more. Take So your when time. you're doing these moves, were you thinking that? Or you just already knew this beforehand? No, because see, when I walked out there, all of the thought went away. I don't even know what it looked like because I haven't seen it because I, I didn't, there was no like tape of me Sex. to look at it, which was probably Fuckery. a good idea. <laughs> now, what I was thinking about. Wait a minute. She keeps talking faster uh-huh. because she don't want to hear that. Okay. I, I wasn't there, so, but. <laughs> Doc was there. I had this kind of moment with him where I kind of like reached over and pulled his hair it was and a mood. licked his neck or whatever. <laughs> and I was thinking about us, our interaction sexually. So that came into play. And I felt like I was there. I was like, oh my gosh. So she was like, ooh, <laughs> and I have a voyeur. And I had to kind of like restrain myself mm. because in that moment, I was like, walk away from him now, because this is about to get inappropriate. <laughs> and Gossip Grill is an LGBT bar. Okay. So I didn't want to be up in their bar uh, molesting, you know, my person who happens to be a dude. You know, like, it's, I, I feel like it's disrespectful. That. I feel you, So, yeah. um, yeah, so I just, and I hadn't spoken to any of the women in the audience to ask permission to have consent to feel them up in that way right listen i, I hear what you're saying because as yeah. performers we we play all this out yeah. Blah, 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 blah. yeah but i'm telling you you weren't there it was a movie i wish i would have it was some red lighting and i was sitting on the couch me and miss hell miss hell she recorded some of, i thought she recorded all of them anyways it was a mood because, like you said, the doc was right here. I felt like I was in y'all room for a minute. Yeah. I didn't know that you licked them because I couldn't see that. I just saw yeah. the 
You just saw the pulling. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, you shit. Like, oh and damn. I saw Brill in the face and she walked away. I was like, oh. Oh, it's like that. <laughs> and then she did her little moves on the floor and she milked it and milked it. Like, you you were serving. You were giving me everything that I'm hearing you talk about right now. Yeah. And Thank it's okay. You. I mean, it's okay that, you know, you're processing it. Mm -hmm. da, da, da. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just letting you know I see it already. Whether it's a slow number or a fast number. So you're on the right track. I'm trying. So do you, um... I'm trying. Thank you. <laughs> but do you think a different way when you do different ones of your acts that are more sensual, like your Marvin Gaye one? Um, what, were you, what were you thinking? Because it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Dia Lovely definitely helped me. She really helped me bring out more moves that I wouldn't usually do. I guess, like, from the song, my interpretation of mm -hmm. it, which is like, how it came out in the act, like, mm -hmm. sexual healing to me is, you know, self-pleasure, you know, masturbation. So I think that's where my mind went first. My mind doesn't process, like, how you broke it down, like, mm -hmm. the theme, da, da, da. like, I was really lost and stuck, and that's why I asked for help mm -hmm. <laughs> to bring it out more. So mine was kind of like, all right, I have an idea of what I want to do as far as I want to, you know, use a prop and you know use it some kind of way you know that will kick me out the place or whatever right. be push you know the limits it took a while for me to figure it out to mm -hmm. be honest I, I really didn't know and so I, did it feel different the second time you did it than the first time I remember how stressed I was yeah. the second time. But I mean, once you were on the stage and you're in the middle of the performance, did you feel more you know comfortable in it? Or? You know, maybe not for those acts. Because I think at home I am, but when I'm on stage, my brain is, mm -hmm. you know, like we're thinking about what we have to hit in some mm -hmm. ways, but still, you know, look sexy and hot. So I'm not, even though I'm doing like a sexually healing move, okay, here I am going to like my little self-critique. I don't think I'm as sensual as I would like to, you know, portray it yet. Yeah. When I see it myself, like I'm happy to hear that it comes off that way. But sometimes when I see it, you know, you know how you see some acts is kind of like methodical for that person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I look at myself, I'm like, oh, that look a little, you know, I can tell where I'm like, I, I do want like I'm masturbating on stage, but I also want to, you know, still look like this is mm -hmm. my number and I got it unlocked. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when I see Egypt, to me, she got all of that. You know, mm -hmm. she got to unlock her timing and like she's fucking herself. And I love that. So I right. see that. I mean, I will never be her because we're two different people and that's great. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I'm there. Yeah, how you might see yeah, it. Yeah, because you're your your popcorn one. Oh, my info, you yeah. You were... Yeah, that was awesome. Just... I feel more sensual Gorgeous sensuality in that one. So, yes. did you feel... Now, what was the I difference? Do, the clothing. Yeah, okay. I was just okay. gonna say, yeah, I was I gonna ask you that. You yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. the last one I did uh -huh. the second time around, and I was telling you, I was like, yo, like, I, I liked the theme of it, the self-pleasure, but my costume, yes. and that's mm -hmm. the main thing. Like, I still want to do that act. Maybe not that song, but I still want to play with that theme, that mood. You right. know what I mean? So, costuming definitely makes a difference. So, therefore, um, giving him something that he could fill my popcorn mm -hmm. and go at, yes, my costume, my dress, the boa really played it up. You know, so I felt ultra feminine. Yes. 
uh, with my Marvin Gaye act, not so much. My Marvin Gaye act, like, I, I'm always, I, I love that you guys like it. But I just think about how that was like an act where I just have to get through it <laughs> for Ooh, a show. And oh I don't like God. that. So it just has wow. a different feeling for yeah, you. Yeah, and I don't like that. So you know? do you think if you can get a different feeling if you change your costume for it? I would do a different song and do a different and costume. I or, still want to do just, a or just do act. that one, but do a different a different costume. So you say you still do the Marvin Gaye act with a different costume? Yeah, because different different clothing makes you feel different ways. That song, to be honest, ain't the one. That yeah, I really that's care not the one. Okay, well then the song yeah. that I was telling y'all earlier that yeah. to edit is mm-hmm. the one that I care for. That okay. is a mood. Okay, I see red for that one. Okay, mm-hmm. so that is one that I really want to start working on. Okay, and that's perfect for our talk because yeah, yeah. that's when I really want to tap in get into my floor work because what's her name Miss Onyx yes oh my kitten yeah. on the floor sex all of that yeah. Miss Onyx Nova Doreen mm-hmm. yes yeah. when I see her that's what that's goals to me because yeah. <laughs> yeah. she's just so playful and just yeah sensual mm-hmm. and soft and yeah, yeah. but at the babe. same time vamp sex that's the word yeah yes. like she just gives all but a it's showgirl. so it's so yes. classic, it's him, yeah. flirty, all of that, and I, I love that. Yeah, but I want to do it, you know, in my own unique way too. So Marvin Gaye was a start, I like that. <laughs> yeah, but I think that happens with everybody's acts, like they evolve. Yeah, because you know, like my my green light one, that one evolved to something different uh-huh. because it started off where you saw it the first time I did it. Remember, I got dressed at the end. Yes. I had a, I uh-huh. took off my I took off my shoes. I put stockings on. Oh, that's what it was. I put stockings on, I about and that. You had then the plate, the tap pants, the black ones. Yeah, I still yeah. had those, and but I I. I started off with slippers mm-hmm. and I took them off. I put stockings on. I put heels on. And at the very end, I had the kitten bring out a dress and I put it on. But now I do it completely different. Still the same kind of theme because with that song, I wanted it to be like, okay, well, I'm getting ready for this day. Now... I have it that it's more about the audience than mm-hmm. and you about giving them me. the green light. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, I really like how you open but, it. But what, of it. but what helped me is I would rehearse it in front of this friend of mine. Uh-huh. And I didn't really think about translating it into my into my dance yeah. even though this dance is talking about uh you know with your permission right. and it evolved when i evolved and the costume evolved some of it i like some of it i'm un- unsure of because mm-hmm. i'm like oh they're gonna see me right <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this is a challenging, uncomfortable topic for us. Yeah. Like, yeah. People and, may assume that this, because we do this, is easy for us, but yeah, we still have our mm-hmm. challenges because we want to work mm-hmm. on it, clearly. But I just, I think for me, it's just watching other performers and seeing how sensual they are on stage. It makes me feel like I need to up my game. I also know for me, I have started the process of relaxing a bit more with this. I felt it in the Sid act at Gossip Grill. I even 
kind of relaxed a little bit once I got towards the middle of my act at Burlesque Brunch because mm-hmm. I was super fucking nervous yeah. for that. I think for me, the more I perform, mm-hmm. the better I will be because I'm never not going to be nervous. Yeah. Before I go on stage, like I think that, but I think with practice and being on stage and performing, Mm -hmm. it helps you have better tools to deal with the nerves and to be able to perform through them without the nerves showing in your performance. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me is what I need to do better at. I feel like when I did the first show at Sycamore Den, when I look at the video of that, all I see are my nerves. So that was your very first show. Yeah, I don't Diego. see anything else because mm-hmm. I know what that looks like in my body. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the video yet from Egypt show. And the reason why I want to see it so badly is I felt completely out of my element in that show. I felt like one of these things just doesn't belong here. Yeah, <laughs> one but- of these things just isn't the same. And I was like, I was so afraid that that was going to come through on stage that I felt like I didn't belong yeah, there because I happened to be at that show and yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> reviewed. I didn't see that. See? I saw, you know, you, the one thing that you have that some other people don't is your lines and your lines are beautiful and sensual. So those are, I mean, that's just part of you. And in for that song, you hit all the things that you needed to hit. And and not just because you're my friend, but... I just need to calm down. Yeah, in general. And like, fucking calm down. And I know how that is. Because remember, I had to call Lily yeah. when I was in San Francisco. Yeah. And I'm like... And especially on the, on the Donna Summer one, which... I should never have a problem doing Donna Summer. If I could do Donna Summer with all the stress that I had, yes. I should never be nervous. And that's what I'm telling myself. Right. And But I was. And I was nervous about the beginning part. But that's the part where I'm still. It's a nerve-wracking experience. Mm-hmm. But I think through practicing different rituals before we perform... It can help. The nerves are natural because you're getting on stage and you're performing. And if you weren't nervous, then you, mm-hmm. it means you don't care, right? But I think there are ways for us to just be more hedonistic in general. Like you saying, rubbing the coconut oil on your skin. Mm-hmm. Taking those time, like taking the time to indulge in things that make us feel good. You know how we were talking about sometimes self-care feels like work? And we need to kind of change our mindset around about that. Like, it's the same thing. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, do I have all this time to sit here and get in the tub, get out of the tub, clean the tub, rub all this oil on myself, put this deep conditioner in my hair, put the face mask on, like all of these like regimens that we go through. And I know that I'm going to feel amazing when it's over, but Mm -hmm. the process of it feels like work. So I've been trying to do better about changing my mindset about how I allow myself 
to play and be more sensual without mm-hmm. it feeling like an additional chore that I have to mm-hmm. do. I have to carve out time for myself and that's so hard. That shouldn't be the mindset. I should be looking for every second that I can carve out for myself and be looking forward to those moments. And it's, I, I would like to get to a place where I look forward to cultivating those things that I know are gonna make me feel more sensual. There are certain poets and, and authors that make me feel sensual. Music, smells, like all of those mm-hmm. different things. And not only do they make me feel more sensual, I feel more centered. I feel more spiritually connected. Like it's it's not just sensuality. It's grounding. Yep. And I know when I'm doing it, if I have lotion or yeah. perfume or something that smells good, especially if my hand is going by my face and I smell it, mm-hmm. it's like, or if it's or if it's like a cologne that a man may have on that just like yes. makes you Ooh. just want to yes. eat them up like a pork chop or yes. something, you know. I think there there has to be different things that you have to do to all your all your senses. Yes. To get all your senses just fired going. up. Yeah. 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 And I think it depends on because when you were talking, I was thinking about what was the difference with me being nervous. When I'm in San Diego, there's people, all the people that I know, I feel safe. For me, with any kind of sexual experience, period, I I have to feel safe. Me performing is kind of a, a sensual experience, and I'm in this unknown that I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be safe and I'm gonna be have to be vulnerable on the stage to when do you're this, out of town. to do yeah okay. and to do my a couple of my acts. I have to show that vulnerability, but I'm gonna show this and I don't know these people. What if they don't like it? And so all that stuff goes. So I just have to figure out what to do. Then do I, you know, listen to my music? I don't. I may, I may not necessarily have a beat, so right. I guess I could just listen to my music. Look at the other videos I done. I've done. Yeah, that may be a good thing. Look at the other videos. Not only hearing the music, I have a visual. I see the people that make me safe. Yeah, and try to lock that in. Puma's having a sexual experience on my lap right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he is. And I thought he was gonna roll his fat butt off the couch. <laughs> yeah. He's over here, like, laying on my lap, getting a belly rub, just purring so loud. He's excited Mm -hmm. about life right now. Does it ever scare you? Have you ever had a moment where you forgot where you were when you were on stage? And then you snap back to reality and you're like, oh, fuck, these people are watching me. Like, Mm. have you ever, like, got lost? Like, have you ever gotten lost? No, not yet. I I did it in Denver. And... Mm -hmm. It was because there was on my skirt that was fringe. There was a, I felt I was taking it off, and there was a, still a string hanging, mm-hmm. and I felt it. I'm still moving, right? And then I do something, and I move it out the way. But then the next move, I'm I'm I I see it that I'm still standing for a minute before I go to the next move that I do. So I kind of threw me a little bit with that. And and I'm feeling the string still on me, right, Uh, and stuff. So people may not have really, they may have saw me just moving that, but they didn't see 
the whole that moment. part. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I snapped right back in, right. but I've forgotten about the audience being there when I've been on stage. As far as modern dance is concerned, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's a high. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if there are any drugs that can do that. It's an out of body experience. So I know that that is possible, and I know that that feeling is incredible. You're completely unattached to any sense of your body as a mass. You're like pure energy, pure spirit. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. And having that happen to me during a burlesque performance is frightening to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, but you know what? That would be where you would really want it. Yeah. So I guess... Are you are you confident when you're in that blackout moment? Well, like, it's, you, you it's know it's that so good. It's like, like confidence isn't hand. even a thing. Yeah, it's that you're just so free that you're just floating through the moment. Why are you shaking your head? Is that this feeling you yeah, have? Oh, just, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And to then, me, that's muscle memory. Like it's like you know, like the back of your hand. You just move. Like your body yeah. just goes. And it just or, feels. Or like, ugh. you know when some people say, oh no, this person got the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So it, oh, would, I haven't had it, would, it sure. would be me either, but it would be kind of similar to that because yeah. your body is just going and it's just... Like that Poison Ivy yeah. performance. She was just free. Yeah. It's abandoned. That's yes. what it is. Yes. It's complete vulnerability. It's complete abandon. It's complete trust in yourself. Mm. The whole idea of confidence isn't even something that you think about because no one else is there but you. Mm-hmm. Everything else goes away. It's just you don't even realize that there are people watching you. You are that gone. I, I thought about that the other day. Like, mm-hmm. Just watching different people perform yeah. in different performances, like I see it, I'm like, she mm-hmm. down. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, if that like that's scary in a burlesque performance. Is like it? I don't know. Like, I guess because I've never experienced it in that context. Because I don't have to worry be... about removing anything when I'm doing a modern piece either, right? So if I'm supposed to have a removal and I'm gone, but again, I guess muscle memory would but take care it, of that. But it as wouldn't well. matter because it's still would be your performance. Yeah, that's true. And if you don't take it off, you don't take it off. That's true. But it is scary. <laughs> yeah, I guess the key to sensuality, just like anything else we talk about, is vulnerability. Not being afraid to let people see you like that. Yeah. I guess to me that still equates to confidence. Yeah. You're being vulnerable is like, well, I don't care if you don't like it, I'm still, I'm still gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, and to me, that all ties in together because I think about that a lot too. Even you know, outside of burlesque, dealing with sensuality or sexuality, mm-hmm. I want to be myself more, be more shameless, but I still those things are back in my mind. Like, I'm still a shy little girl in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, so you I know, feel like I still that makes <laughs> that makes me think of ginger. When you say that. Mm-hmm. What did she say? Like, Ginger is just so sweet and so cute and so, like, lovable, mm-hmm. you know? Even in class and stuff. Yeah. But then she gets on stage and you're like, God damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a, 
a switch flips. Mm-hmm. Like I've yeah. seen it with her. She has been gone. That's why like she's someone that I pay a lot of mm-hmm. attention to because I see her have these moments. She is. She's a totally different person mm-hmm. in the midst of performance. And there is an abandon there that's fantastic. And that's the level of sensuality yeah. that I Yeah, because then she's I not perform- get to. Then she's not just performing. She's living whatever that piece is. Right. And it's fantastic to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that's something that can be rehearsed. Yeah. That's not about dance. That's what I'm saying. Like, she's cultivating some type of sensual experience for herself that has nothing to do with dance or movement or anything. That's just something that's coming out of her. So that's why when I did the sit act, I was like, you're not choreographing this. I want you to visualize what this feels like. So that was my first experimentation into me going through this series of different things that I'm trying with these new acts to not over choreograph and to really get into how something feels what does this smell like what color is this things like that i am not this costumer that you are but paying a lot more attention to details as far as costumes are concerned but the senses yeah it's a sensuality so what senses Um, right i think you're still touching on it regardless of your if your costume is exquisite or not. Right. Like, it's all about the, the emotion and what you're evoking. Right. Mm-hmm. True. Sto- yep. You can have on a burlap sack, to- really, and make mm-hmm. it look amazing. Yeah. True. Yeah. Because some of the performances I have seen, they weren't costumes that had a whole ton of rhinestones and a whole bunch of different things that came off. And it's not always about that. Because I've seen some performances that the costumes were just elegant and beautiful and the choreography was just performed to perfection but I didn't feel anything from the performer I didn't see it in their eyes I didn't see the it come out of their pores yeah. like like when like when Nina is just standing there just moving her finger yeah and you, you know that. you you feel that tension you you feel something if we don't feel it then the audience is not going to feel it Burlesque is, <laughs> is a lot, you guys. It is a lot. I don't know. Wow. There's a lot of thoughts. Why did we choose this? this? Mm-hmm. I did choose us. Okay. I think that's, yeah, I think it kind of did. <laughs> I also think that's why you do it because mm-hmm. it does touch on so many different mm-hmm. levels of who you are as a person. Um, yeah, so. because I don't think seven years ago I would be as open to be the performer like I am. I'm more comfortable with my body now, even from the beginning of burlesque, to, you know, just expose parts of me that I don't I don't really care for, but then not worry about it. I mean, it does make you feel more comfortable mm-hmm. doing burlesque in your own body. At least it has for me. Mm-hmm. Any other tips for sensuality for the dinner guests? Touch yourself more. Yes. That's what Butter tells me all the time. <laughs> I also think just like for for people who are, are aspiring burlesque performers or people who are working on 
choreography. I think videotaping your freestyles. Or if you can remember how you felt when you were doing it and yeah. jot that down. But yeah. just being more aware of how those moments that we have of abandon feel like when that song that hits you come on, you hate. Yeah. You know, you like start when we were move. at the club with Dye right. and we were just dancing up a storm. Right. And just having fun. Mm-hmm. I think if if we can remember what those things mm-hmm. feel like, it'll help us. I said I was going to start every day put on a song that really makes me feel hot and just record me dancing around on my phone while the song is playing yeah but i think that would be some good homework for us to like whatever song that makes us feel sexy maybe once a week do it or something and just dance to it yeah i've also been doing this exercise where i stand naked in the mirror and just look at myself yes and I'm high. touch myself and just take myself in like yeah. looking at it without judgment and also looking at it with gratitude Amen. because it moves no other body looks like mine this is my unique shape my unique body my unique expression of the divine so i need to be thankful for that and i need to show appreciation for that if you can't appreciate your your body, how are you gonna touch yourself <laughs> when you're dancing? Right. You're gonna like. I mean, I do burlesque because I want to feel sexy. Yeah. You know, and that's you know part of the reason why I got into it. You know, this ultra femininity for me. So sensuality ties into that for me. So I think it's we deserve to feel those great things despite of the stress that we create for ourselves and you know getting ready for acts and whatnot we owe it to ourselves sometimes do you use like maybe alcohol or smoking to get you in the mood before a show i don't really drink i'll start sweating smoking to calm my nerves or whatever but that's about it for me, if I have more than one drink, I'm not going to be able to perform to my full capacity. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to, to do what I want in, yeah. in the moment. So one drink or one glass of wine will kind of like take the edge off of my nerves. So mm-hmm. that's okay. But anything beyond that is like heading into territory where I'm not comfortable going on stage. Like I know some folks, you know, may smoke before... They go on stage, mm-hmm. which is fine. I think I did that one time. Uh-uh. Like, you, I want to be in control. I want to remember mm-hmm. everything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I, want, I like being present, personally. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm too present. Like, when you guys are you yeah. kind of black out, sometimes I'm like too present. Like, damn, I see their faces. They're looking at me. Yeah. Like, I have my little moments, too. But then I'm just like, I... I mean, you know, yeah, finish your song. <laughs> yeah. And I know I, I see the people and sometimes I intentionally mess with somebody. I like messing with people. Mm-hmm. I see them, but I don't see them. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of see through them. Yeah. We're going to wrap this up. Incorporating your senses into mm-hmm. your show prep and into your active element mm-hmm. and kind of really getting into yourself and yeah. digging yourself and being infatuated with yourself mm-hmm. and all those good things. Yeah. Fruit, like, you know, yeah. maybe silly, but still yeah. sensual right. to it, you know? So yeah. still have fun with yeah, it. Yeah, you can absolutely have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get into yourself. <laughs>
now we will move into Booked and Busy. We got shows. We got shows. In different area codes. There you go. <laughs> the first show that we have coming up is Lola Demure's Burlesque and Variety Show. And that will be at the House of Blues San Diego on January 27th. I will be performing in that show with Lola Demure. We're going to be doing a duet together that's going to be a lot of fun. See February there. 7th um, in San Francisco, the Nudie Newbies Ultimate Reveal at the Oasis. That's going to be fun. If you're in the Bay Area, please come out. On February 9th, I will be performing in Glitter Tribe Studios Student Showcase. The students there have been working really hard. Raven Von Scrumptious and Smiley LaRose will be premiering solos. I'm really excited to see them perform. So please come out. That will be at Queen Bee's Cultural Arts Center in San Diego on February 9th. I will be in LA on February 15th at Simone Del Mar's Boudoir Burlesque. And it's going to be uh, a show that features the bronze beauties of burlesque. The show starts at 10 p.m. and there is no cover. So if you're in the LA area or you feel like making the trip up to support uh, your girl twirl, it's going to be fantastic. Yes, and for Bless Your Heart Burlesque, uh, our next show is on February 17th, and they'll be at Tio Leo's. Resale is $15, and it'll be 20 at the door. And you could buy our tickets at sextra.brownpapertickets.com. And then also, I wanted to remind you all that Egypt Black Nile will be teaching two classes uh, on Sunday, January 28th. So that'll be the day after Lola's Burlesque and Variety Show at Glitter Tribe Studios. She'll be teaching the art of seduction and bootylicious. So uh, if you're interested in those classes, please check out our Facebook page. There is a, an invite there with all of the information on how to register. I'm also gonna add that information to the show notes. Um, and then if you have any questions or want to get tickets for shows, you can always click the booked and busy tab on www.showgirlsundaydinner.com. So now we're going to head into our pasties and cake. I will go first this time since I always look at somebody. Uh, this week, my pasties and cake goes out to my feline children. <laughs> they have been uh, just kind of being themselves and being silly and meowing on the podcast and interrupting and jumping being up on the tables. Yeah, yeah, just being ratchet cats. Uh, they are. <laughs> my pasties and cake goes out to all my caregivers for my mom because... That gives me time to come and do something that I'm passionate about and take care of myself. Yeah. Um, and then I'm able to take care of my mom and my dad and everyone else. So my pasties and cake goes out to my caregivers. Awesome. My pasties and cake is um, basically uh, what the show's been about. and. 
like I said, touch yourself more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Touch yourself more. Yes, touch yourself in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us once again for Glitter and Dinner. Please tune in next week where where we will be starting a series of shows where we're going to be talking about different aspects of act development. So next week's main topic will be the struggle is real (laughs) Uh, act development. And it's going to be our first look at our first steps of act development. And then we're going to go through a couple of more shows that are going to go more in depth to different aspects of act development so this is going to be an interesting series so please be sure to tune in over the next few weeks for that series we're really looking forward to it thank you for all of the love thank you for all of the comments the emails the ratings they really help so please keep it coming you know give us a like on soundcloud leave a comment give us a five-star review on itunes and also leave a comment so we can shout you all out Send us emails at showgirlsundaydinner at gmail.com. Check out the website, www.showgirlsundaydinner.com. We still have merch available, so check that out. We're working on getting some new stuff out to you soon. Um, We love you. Thank you all so much for the support. Have a great night, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye! Thank you all for joining us this evening. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, at Showgirl Sunday Dinner and on Twitter at SG Sunday Dinner. Use the hashtags hashtag Showgirl Sunday Dinner or hashtag SGSD so we can follow all the social media conversations happening in between meals. Visit our website www.showgirlsundaydinner.com for more information on the Showgirls our upcoming performances, and booking inquiries. You can also always email us at showgirlsundaydinner at gmail.com with questions, tips, advice requests, recipes, suggestions, advertising, or booking inquiries, etc. Last but not least, we cannot live on glitter and rhinestones alone. We need your help to keep serving all of this hot, burly goodness every week. You can visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash showgirlsundaydinner if you want to donate monthly, plus get access to some of our spicier content. We also accept PayPal donations at www.paypal.me slash showgirlsundaydinner. Showgirl Sunday Dinner will drop every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and will be available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Please share us with all of your friends on social media. We hope that you are full and satisfied. Stay sparkly, and we look forward to glittering dinner with you all next week. 